favorite show which is the great british bake-off we are halfway through the fourth series well the fourth series on channel four that says a lot doesn't it the fourth series on channel four and we're opening up with a fantastic show as usual of noel and matt lucas ushering us into the tent and prue did not make those pastries noel says prue made these pastries for us prue did not make those pastries i can't remember the last time prue made something on this show but I can tell you she did not make those pastries. That uh, we're facing the perils of pastry, which you know can only be described as absolutely accurate. One of my favorite lines from a previous episode was when someone, I'll have to remember who it was, said pastry is a cruel mistress and there is no better description of pastry. Um, Matt also says we've got some intricate, you know, designs to look forward to in the show and intricate just basically means inaccessible. It means we can't do it at home. And we're gutted, but we can't wait to see what disasters might unfold. The shot just before we go into the musical intro of Paul just completely collapsing that box is peak Bake Off for me. Like Paul's gigantic hands just completely crushing someone's, as we've said, intricate, delicate, labour-intensive work. Um, Peak, definitely peak. I hoped that Hermine exclaiming it is my week at the beginning of pastry week would be some kind of dark foreshadowing, but I don't believe it was. I think it ended up really, really well for her. Um, But if there's any way that you want to kind of set yourself up for quite a bit of failure, it is shouting, this is my week, it is pastry week, I enjoy pastry. I mean, for the cruel mistress in particular, you are really setting yourself up for quite the challenging week. Kicking off with a signature challenge as usual, and I have questions. I'll get into it later, but, um, you know, Cornish pasty is a signature challenge. I- I'm just not sure. I mean, who is knocking up a batch of Cornish pasties for their family on a Sunday? I don't understand. I mean, I wish. I wish my family would, you know, my mum, whoever would um, knock up a batch of Cornish pasties for me on, you know, Saturday afternoon. But alas, I- I- again, is-, is this inaccessible? I'm not sure. Noel says, feel free to personalise your pasties. And I just think there's so much in that. And then Matt proceeds to tell us how many centimetres long the pasty needs to be. I mean, are we splitting hairs here? What's going on? 15 centimetres of of pasty. This is so specific. I just don't... It's like Bake Off the Professionals. We've gone up. Our first smutty joke from Noel there, talking about Paul's powerful buttocks. I mean, honestly, keep it to yourself. Prue's then talking us through, you know, what a Cornish pasty is after, I might add, she um, snuck a cheeky cheeky look at Paul's behind, following Noel's uh, behind joke, Barg's joke. Prue's telling us about what a pastry is, and I'm thinking, Prue, have you ever had a pastry, a, a, a pasty, darling? Have you ever had a pasty? I'm not sure you have. I'm not sure you've gone to a Cornish bakehouse, you know, in a train station or actually in Cornwall and chowed down on a Cornish pasty if she has absolute respect but I'm not sure I'm not getting the realism here as Laura's absolutely beaten down on some butter there again not sure if there's something in that Prue's telling us it could be any shape but it needs to have crimping 
If it can be any shape, I'm just not sure if it's a Cornish pasty. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but I'm just confused. I don't know what counts, what doesn't count, what's real and what's not real. I've lost, I've lost touch. Paul says he's looking for ingenious ways to, you know, do a pasty, and Prue says she's looking for the best pasty she's ever had. So, not much of a challenge for her if my hypothesis is correct. But I mean, Paul's got, you know, high standards. Ingenious ways to have a Cornish pasty. I just don't know. Oh, I don't know where to begin. We head over to Laura as the first, you know, interviewee. And Paul says, tell me about your pasty. I'm not sure Laura has to do that, Paul. I'm not sure Laura has to tell you about her pasty. Is there something going on here? And she's out the gate here, Laura. Not only is she picking a pasty that apparently Paul really, really likes, she's using his recipe. What is the 101 surefire way to really get on Paul's good side. Use his recipes, guys. Just get your Paul Hollywood book, rifle through it and go, oh, okay, what week should I do? Paul's recipe for pastry. It is surefire. Oh, God, it's like banana mousse all over again, isn't it? And I just think if there's anything more on brand for Hermine, please tell me. I don't think there's anything more on brand for Hermine than... I'm just making up my own pastry. You've got Laura following Paul's recipe. You've got Hermine absolutely doing her own, in her own lane. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. At this point, I'm thinking, what would I do? What pasty would I make for my signature? And, you know, I would, as I've said, no one's knocking up a pasty for me on a Sunday. And I'm not knocking up a pasty for myself, to be completely honest. But I would do a traditional. I would try and keep it as close to traditional as I possibly could. Maybe go, like, higher quality meat. But you've got to have the peas and carrots in there. And the and the sliced potatoes. And speaking of potatoes, Lottie's, Lottie's making a gravy. She's making a mash and gravy pasty. And I'm thinking, is this going to be good? Is it going to be okay? And of course, she's got the most beautiful cavalier attitude of, well, the toad in the hole, I just don't know. But, it, I mean, risky, gravy, soggy bottoms. Oh, the risk. Oh, it's going to be so good when it comes to fruition. Can't wait. Peter shows us the template for his kedgeri pasties. And it's a, um, it's a box of Kellogg's all bran. So he's doing very well in the bank. He's not got no own brand. He's absolutely gone full brand name Kellogg's on that. So, you know, well done, Peter. We get to Linda and Linda's doing a samosa. And this is my first query with regards to the pasty. You know, where's the line? Where does it end? Is a samosa a pasty? Is a pasty a samosa? You know, th this is where I get a bit confused. So, however, I love hearing about Linda's life. A couple of weeks ago, it was we were hearing about Amsterdam and how she absolutely loved Amsterdam. And I thought, fair play to you, Linda. Now I'm hearing about, get you know, queuing up to get samosas in Goa at 4am or something. I mean, honestly, Linda, tell me more. I, I love her. She's absolutely enigmatic. I'll It'll be by the by that she's, you know, doing a samosa instead of a pasty. And that is my argument. And I might stand by it. Um, I'll let it go because she's just a beautifully charismatic woman and I really do want to eat those samosas. We're running out of time on this challenge. We've got 45 minutes left or something and Laura's, you know, putting the filling into her, into her pastry and I'm thinking, that's wet, Laura. Laura, that is wet. 
Laura, I'm not sure that this is going to be successful for you. I'm just not sure. There's something really beautiful about, you know, Paul asking Mark how many pleats he's doing or how many crimps he's doing and just knowing that there's absolutely no correct answer with this. Or there is a correct answer, but like no one can give it because either regionally you've got, you know, two different opinions or whatever, many different opinions. But Paul is asking with the knowledge that this guy's probably not going to get it right. And I, I feel for Mark in this moment. I really, really do. And then I'm looking at Laura, uh, Linda's samosas and I'm thinking trouble lies ahead. And she's going, bless her, she's going, well, this is typical samosa style. And I'm going, there's no crimps, Linda. What's going on? Linda's poor karma symbol does not go ahead. She's just chucking some Nigella seeds on there. She was going to do some karma symbols, she said, but it didn't work out. And when it when does it, you know, when does it work out that you've, you're planning to put a karma symbol on top of any kind of, you know, baked good and it, it works out? It doesn't. I could have told you that, Linda. Dave's got a Thai sweet chilli dipping sauce on. And I think, when has a size dipping sauce ever saved a challenge? I don't think it ever has. Not in my experience, but remains to be seen. At the one minute warning, which Matt graciously gives us, Noel does the weirdest spin with like, you know, fingers in a gun shape that I've ever seen in my life. It's the most unusual thing. <laughs> and he's got like that cheeky face. It's just like the humour. What's happening? Lottie's cousin made those toads. So her cousin's clearly got like an Etsy shop that she's ordered stuff off of. Uh, again, accessories. It's like the dipping sauce, isn't it? It's like, what, how's it going to help, Lottie? I just don't know. I guess it gives a charm, doesn't it? I'm being harsh on Lottie, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would want the little brown toad plate. What's going on with it? Paul Mark, he gets the bone dry comment from Paul. Bone dry. Can you imagine being from Cornwall, making Cornish pasties? And Paul goes, it's bone dry. Bone dry, that's the height of an insult when it comes to bacon, isn't it? Prue gives Lottie that, you know, fingernail tap on the bottom of, a, of the pastry and whispers, nice. Is there anything more complimentary that you can receive than someone tapping the bottom of your Cornish pasty and going, nice. So it's some kind of ASMR, isn't it? Insane. Again, poor Dave gets another dry comment, not bone dry to say the least, but it just dry. And then Prue says that the side sauce would have saved him. I stand corrected. Maybe this is the first occasion in my memory. I mean, happy to be happy to be wrong, but first time anyone's ever had a sauce actually do them a favour. But then I wasn't sure what Prue meant. Did she mean she wanted that Thai sweet chilli sauce in the pastry? Like, what, what was the solution, Prue? Like, what, how could he have fixed that? I'm not sure. Remains to be seen. Shortly after calling uh, Irish Mark's pastry soft and tender, she then gives him the full Bake Off trademark, staring into your eyes as I bite into your baked goods um, site. It's shot. It is absolutely intrusive and I wouldn't want to experience it. It, it would just be too intense. I don't know how he deals with it. They cut into Ermine's pastry pasty and I want to eat 
everything this woman makes, I'm telling you. I, there's not a thing that she's made where I'm like, I don't think I'd have that. I honestly would eat everything. It's so, it's too much for Prue. She's got to get a fork out to eat it. There's so much filling that Prue has got to get her chops around. She's got to bring out the tools and implements to try and support her with the eating of this pasty. Uh, impressive, to say the absolute least. Poor Linda. She missed the brief. You missed the brief, you go bottom of the list. I'm sorry, Linda. She missed the brief. If I missed a brief, do you know what would happen to me? I'm not sure. I'd, I'd get in trouble. Poor Linda, she missed the brief. Oh, dear. And about Laura's cheese and onion, Prue says heaven. Heaven. High praise indeed. She deserves it, though. They looked absolutely fantastic. And uh, I say I want to eat everything Hermie makes. I think Laura makes such appetising looking stuff and a great example of like simple is sometimes better isn't it we're on to the technical everyone's obviously nervous they have to tell us every time about you know quite how nervous they are um and it's eclairs now here was my first thought six eclairs in two hours i'm not knocking anybody that's tough like you know eclairs aren't easy but six eclairs three of each flavor in two hours that to me seems quite a long time. Whereas I think in other weeks it's been incredibly, they've minimised time and I think in order to get the drama. So very interested in that. My first thought on these eclairs is this is like a Bake Off, profe like Bake Off the Professionals challenge, no? Incredibly refined. Um, yeah, so interesting. On Linda's initial attempt at the shoe, the first step of the shoe, might I add, she makes scrambled egg. And for my liking, there's too many close-ups of that scrambled egg. <laughs> Wiggling it around in the pan, hoping for the best. We obviously get the attributory, oh, it's just the instruction just says make the shoe. You know, we get all of that. And then Linda attempts to do it. And there's just quite a lot of focus on her unsuccessful first step of shoe. And there was a lot of close-ups and I'm not sure it was good for my system. Felt a bit queasy at that point. Mark, one of the Marks, Cornish Mark, he's making shoe in a stand mixer. Now that's something I don't think I've seen before. Mark, don't you want the control? Don't you need to feel it? You know, don't you need to kind of feel that moment where the pastry changes into something absolutely magical and is therefore shoe um shoe pastry in a stand mixer never seen it interesting laura bless her heart giving us the layman's explanation creme patisse she's just custard with a beautiful shrug she's custard thank you so much laura we we need the lauras of this world to explain to us laymen who have been watching Bake Off for, you know, 10 years, that what creme pat is. I really appreciate that in Laura. She does it in a really beautiful way. Peter's out the oven. He's already smashing it. His are beautiful, golden and risen. And Linda has, by comparison, made some wonderful churros. <laughs> They've collapsed in the oven and there's some really lovely crispy churros. So poor Linda, she's, she's, She's gone for the bin at this early stage in the game. She's she's in the bin. There is an absolutely beautiful moment. I don't know if anyone else saw it, where Dave is doing something with his raspberries. He's like putting his raspberries into the bowl or something. And Ermine is just in the background with the most confused, bewildered face and like maybe slightly angry. 
frustrated face I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely picturesque and television gold. Peter's telling us he's in his comfort zone and it feels quite good, which is nice to see comparably as Linda tells us that she's putting in all the other elements, but she doesn't know why. Bless this woman. Um, but as long as Peter's feeling pretty confident, it's absolutely fine. No worries. We'll have something to show the judges. Famous last words from Cornish Mark. It looks a bit lumpy and the accompanying close-up is absolutely way too much. Thank you, cameraman. It's a little bit lumpy, but I think it will be okay. We're halfway through, Cornish Mark. I don't know if you're going to be okay. You should know by now. There's something absolutely iconic about someone piping in creme pat to a eclair and it just going straight out the other end. Isn't that just what you need to see every week on your screen? It's like creme pat covered in the hands, attempting to go in and just completely coming out the other side. It's a hopeless scene. It is absolutely hopeless, but fantastic television at the same time. Top, top editing, shooting to Lottie saying in her fantastic vocal fright, I'm so stressed. And then just a really normal face. It's quite hilarious. Um, I don't know if that says a lot about Lottie being a, quite an unreadable character um, with, you know, not a hugely, not a lot of emotions play on her face or just like interesting editing. But I was really laughing at that moment. It's judging time. Thank God. Thank God this challenge is nearly over. And as they cut into Dave Declare, it, it looks like they're cutting into his heart and he honestly comes across as he's about to cry poor guy he's looking at them with like trepidation nervous energy um really do feel for the guy there's something about like the knife going in and his absolutely sad face which just really really cut me to my core paul picks up linda's we're, we're finally at linda's thank god it's nearly over and he throws it back on the plate in anger it seems and he goes do you know what he goes he says that's terrible oh paul Oh, he cuts her deep. He really, really does. Peter wins. Technical comes first, of course, because he was in his comfort zone. It goes to show. Have a comfort zone. Be confident in it. Don't second guess yourself. Peter was cool, calm, really in charge of that challenge. And I think he got a sterling first place. I mean, tough pickings because for the majority of the, you know, eclairs on those plates, they're just pouring out the filling. So I just don't know if it's... I mean, a victory is a victory at the end of the day, but um, it was an interesting win to have. Well done, Peter. We love Linda's optimism. Two hours trying to make a shoe pastry. Disgusting, she says. Disgusting. But then she laughs, she throws up her hands and she says, tomorrow's another day. It's inspirational, this woman. Inspirational. I want to hang out with her in Goa, in Amsterdam, eating samosas. That's what I want. I need more Linda. Need more Linda. Need to be more like Linda, actually. We're finally at the showstopper. And um, I just want to clarify, a cage tart is not appropriate for the 21st century. I don't... Who's making a cage tart? Who's making a tart and putting a cage over it? Whose idea was that? Um, Nicholas Cage is obviously not watching this show. He's obviously not a fan of this show, probably because of you two. You, Matt and Noel. Probably maybe because if he did, he'd be he'd be like, who are these two? Why are they trying to make these unfunny jokes and what is happening? But I wasn't keen. I wasn't keen on that joke.
why are we talking about cage tarts as if they're a thing? Like Lottie's going, I've, I, you know, the thing about making a cage tart is it's quite a good. Lottie, please don't pretend like you've ever made a cage tart before this week. But we're all pretending as if a cage tart is actually a thing. And I'm just confused, really confused. Peter's doing a hazelnut pastry, which on initial thoughts did not sound nice, I didn't think, but actually sounds blooming lovely. And later when he presents it, I think, oh, I would like to eat that. I think I'd probably stick with a plain pastry for the cage just because I would think you'd want something quite sturdy quite strong and I guess I would just be scared that additional elements that you're putting into that pastry maybe the weaker you're making the structure I know nothing about structure don't know what I'm talking about some absolute golden yet quite harsh editing uh, from our wonderful production company between Dave and Mark um, where Dave goes it's a French pastry, no idea what it's called. And then Mark proceeds to pronounce it absolutely perfectly, which I'm not going to attempt to do. I just thought it was the most beautiful shade um, and shows their different skill levels. But also it doesn't matter if you know the name of the pastry or not, it's you know, whether it tastes good. Of course, Lottie is making three different types of pastry. Of course, she's making three different types of pastry. And she's obviously completely unprepared. Um, love it. But there's always one who's got to make, who's got to do all of the things in all of the time. Just love it. There's always one. However, I don't know if I want to eat a tart with raw apple in it. She says she's got three different types of apple. She's got caramelised, she's got pureed and raw. And I'm going... I don't know if I want to be chewing on a bit of raw apple in my tart. I need at least something, you know, semi-cooked or something. I don't, I'm not sure. Remains to be seen. Dave's got a mango and lime tart. Paul seems impressed and no one seems to be drawing attention to the fact that he's been inspired by Nando's. Um, you know, a famous flavour or infamous, depending on how you look at it. And Paul says he's looking forward to it. The mango and lime. He can't wait for a mango and lime. Would he dare to call this tart cheeky? Why is no one addressing this? Dave's telling Laura he likes the way she beats the butter. Is there something in that? Is there something in that? Is that appropriate to say to a married woman? I'm not sure. Let's think on. Laura did get feedback a couple of weeks ago about her finesse and beautiful to see she's taken that on with her key lime pie. We love to see the growth. We love to see people taking on the feedback, moving with it, you know, making changes. However, when she's saying her dad devours it every time she makes it, every time your dad makes an intricate tart, every time you're, you make this very specific cage tart, your dad eats it up. I don't think so, Laura. I don't think you've made this before. I don't think this is a weekly occurrence for you, is it? But thank God Peter comes in, he's speaking truth, he's saying, I certainly have not made a pastry case before this challenge, and at least we get some honesty from Peter here. So here's the thing with regards to cages for tarts, which clearly I'm an expert on. Is it just me, or, you know, rolling out a lattice with a lattice cutter and stretching that over a bowl feels quite different in comparison to hand cutting strips of pastry and molding it over or you know fashioning a box out of paint an ornate box out of pastry there's a disconnect here 
between skill level and maybe like showy offy level. I just, I don't know if we can be counting that in the same. And I don't think it comes out in the feedback later. So was a bit disappointed with the different levels not being reflected in scoring. Personal opinion. They're all pulling out their tarts from the oven and there's a lot of talk of trimming going on. There's a lot of talk of, uh, no worries about that. We'll be trimming that shortly. So is that an own goal? Not sure. Mark's telling us about his tart and I just don't want to eat sage. I just don't want to, whether it's with pear, whether it's with something else. I do not want to be nomin on sage when I'm trying to eat what is being advertised to me as a dessert. No, not on the menu. Thanks. Paul has to, of course, disagree with me and say that he loves the idea of the sage. That's classic Paul. Always disagreeing with me. Not quite seen Noel as excited about anything on this show as he is about Linda's gypsy tart, which I think says, you know, quite a bit about how non-bothered he is about the bakes generally on this show. He's like, oh, gypsy tart when I was in school. And I'm going, well, is this honestly all you've got to give enthusiasm-wise to this programme? Come on, Noel. Uh, means making some macarons as decoration which as we know is a fantastic method to get in the judges good books generally macarons show skill and finesse so she just whacks them in there they're like little yellow pellets and they just look so perfect how do people get good macarons truly what a skill and then speaking of skill linda starts piping up this beautiful intricate yet haphazard and slightly chaotic doily pattern of chocolate on a bit of greaseproof paper and I'm so impressed Uh, it's just creativity to the absolute max the woman's got the confidence to just like start piping thin chocolate in a doily pattern as a means of decoration the height of confidence we admire it I love on these time calls when um the presenters are like you've got half an hour left and someone just has it's almost like they're contractually obligated at some point to go what is that real and this time it was from our posh bird going our posh friend saying what is that real oh my god can't believe it and i'm like where where is the line is this genuine there's always something isn't there about when people have you know molded pastry or anything or bread anything on a bowl or something it's like getting it off particularly looking at um mark as well just thinking oh something terrible's gonna happen your world war ii helmet of pastry is gonna absolutely crash before your eyes terrifying and that exact issue proceeds to happen to slightly younger mark it's just literally a beautiful sort of swiss roll shape of pastry just crumbles before our very eyes and there's always a such a disappointing noise in that that you can feel the pain can't you it's like oh god it's just it's tangible the disappointment rings through the screen not only does um dave's tart look absolutely picturesque beautiful put it on instagram his cage also looks really really good I'm thinking oh it's like you know it's given a rich colour of the chocolate brown and I'm thinking oh god that looks so good he's glued that really really well he proceeds to get a bottle of spray paint edible I'm completely assuming but you just never know with channel 4 and yeah he proceeds to just start spraying the lattice the cage And it just makes it look like something out of a Kylie Minogue music video from the early 2000s. It just, 
it just cheapened it. It looked so delicious and edible before and it just changed everything. Dave. We like to hear a bit of confidence from our contestants, don't we? Like Laura saying, I've never been as proud as, of anything as I am with that was just such a lovely moment because sometimes these bakers can be so self-deprecating and to hear her go, I'm just so proud was really lovely. Um, and I was proud of her too. It looked fantastic. And it, of all of them, I want to eat that one the most, I think. Like including the cage, which as we know, I'm not fussed about the cages, but it looked bloody delicious. Don't know if I've seen anyone quite as anxious as the way Dave looks when he presents Paul with that silver monstrosity. I mean, honestly, the guy looks so anxious and I just feel for him in that moment. In fact, I feel terrible for calling it a monstrosity, but um, just really feel for him. They seem to capture this angle of his anxious face so incredibly well. And you feel like you're there feeling his nervous energy. Their feedback to Mark, older Mark is that um, the base looks like it doesn't match the top and I'm inclined to completely agree I don't understand why there was like a one centimeter gap between the tart and the base and they seemed to kind of not brush past because also they gave them the feedback but yeah that was just a funny moment where I was like is everyone seeing what I'm <laughs> seeing here which is the tart is not really incorporated with the filling all that well but it looked it had finesse not only does Paul completely you know break apart Ermine's box of, well her pastry covering with his bare hands he then proceeds to chuck it on the floor i mean the height of disrespect i was absolutely appalled laura's tart looks literally like something you're serving the queen at a garden party at that queen's garden party that some normal people get invited to sometimes honestly just the flowers the delicate touches of the butterflies and everything on the case itself is just absolutely beautiful. And then comparably, bless the editors, they they then show us Linda's gypsy top with half of the cage missing or half of the cage intact, depending on if you're a pessimist or an op optimist. And that bubum <laughs> music, like, you know, that sad bubum, dum dum, <laughs> like the sad or whoopsie music that they've got. You know what I'm talking about. We pull up um, Lottie's shoe cage and Paul's questioning whether it's a tart without sides and I'm questioning why are we overlooking the fact that this tart is leaking all over the place it's, it's sat in like a soup of apple sauce or apple you know jus it, I, I, we, we're not looking at the obvious thing here what's going on as Paul takes what can only be described as quite the generous slice of, of Peter's tart, he honestly, poor Peter, looks as if he's about to burst into tears. There's a lot of, in this episode, a lot of nervous, really nervous, like more than usual, looking as if your heart is breaking into two pieces as someone takes a slice of what you've made. Um, and that definitely happened with Peter. He looks as if he's about to cry. It's like his face completely drops as the as the piece is being moved onto Paul's plate. It was just really felt for him in that moment. He's like, oh God, I hope they like it. Bless him. Mark, 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 we cut to him. Younger Mark. And Prue really just delicately somewhat goes, so the cage didn't work. And I'm like, Prue, come on. Don't make the guy feel worse than he already feels. The cage didn't work, she says, as she picks it up with her manicured finger. The cage didn't work. No, the cage didn't work, Prue. And he knows it didn't work. And we're all feeling for him. The cage didn't work.
always love the judges analysis bit um after the showstopper where they're talking about you know who's who's in trouble who's in line for star baker who's this who's that and noel is feigning some fantastic interest here he's doing a really good job of pretending like he cares he's nodding along he's going right right and really i'm like noel your head's back in the mighty boosh days isn't it mate a completely deserved star baker for laura she absolutely smashed it and like made the effort it wasn't as if she got star baker and you know it kind of fell into her lap she absolutely really smashed it this week and she smashed it almost as well as paul smashed her means pastry cage so she just really did an amazing job and i wanted to just eat everything she made it looked fantastic sadly nanny linda is leaving i mean she gave us all of the wonderful cliches she's so incredibly proud of herself top experience of her life but you genuinely feel it with her she's i, I don't know she's one of those contestants on bake-off that i love because she genuinely does bake for her family she genuinely does love doing it in her spare time not that the others don't but there's something so honest and real about her so we're gonna really miss nanny linda and her little quirks and i'm gonna really miss her life stories <laughs> when i say wanted to know more about this woman i absolutely mean it she seemed like she had such an interesting life and that's why we love the bake-off it introduced us to all these new people i'm excited for next week it looks like an absolute disaster in the best way possible japanese week that seems to be a first not sure my opinion on that as a theory yeah as a concept so we'll have to see how it kind of plays out but um that's all from me really enjoyed this episode pastry week always a difficult one always a challenge really especially at this half point of the competition definitely tests bakers to the absolute max of their ability and i think the true bakers come out to light at this point in the competition so yeah definitely excited to see how things go next week thanks for listening thanks for supporting and i will speak to you all soon